Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, December 21st, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm the theater throwback's Daniela Parcell. James, last night uh, you went, well, last night from when we're recording Tuesday night, you went and saw Farnelli and the King. I'm sure you will discuss it on Sundays this week on Broadway, but do you want to give us your thumbnail review? Get tickets. <laughs> it's got Rylance. Of course, you got to get the tickets early. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. That, Rylance. That good. I, right. But aside from Rylance, such an interesting story and such great performances all across the board. I mean, Rylance is just, uh, I mean, you go for Rylance, just stay for everything else. It's just, it's just amazing. All right. Good to know. Um, it was a fairly slow news day, guys. So I've, I've, I've got some stories. They're not necessarily the biggest stories in the world, but we'll talk about those stories. But that kind of leads me into some news we want to share with everybody. We've kind of mentioned it before. Next week, we'll probably be even slower news days. So what we're going to do next week is we won't have anything come out on Christmas Day and we won't have today on Broadway for the rest of the week unless something major happens in which James and I will get together and, and throw something in the feed. But otherwise, we will have other content, including a Thursday theater throwback from Daniela uh, next week. So um, you will have a new Broadway radio stuff in your feed next week. It just won't necessarily be me and or James um, unless something major happens like, you know, Hamilton announces closing or something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that I think we might have to have two shows for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up in the news. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child to release tick more tickets in February. Yeah, yesterday, producers Sonia Friedman and Colin Callender announced that the next release of tickets for the Broadway premiere of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will take place on February 7th, beginning at 11 a.m. New York time for tickets at all price points for performance for performances from March 16th of 2018 through March 9th of 2019. Now, James, trigger warning here. All tickets will be made available in a pre-sale via Ticketmaster Verified Fan. Uh, further tickets will be released as and when they become available after this round is over. Now, here is a pretty big difference between how this Verified Fan um, session will go as compared to that of the Bane of James's existence, the pre or the uh, the the extended. Um, the extension sales for Springsteen on Broadway for this group of tickets, fans will have to re-register even if they weren't selected to purchase tickets the first time around. Now, since this sale is for, you know, an entire year's worth of ticket releases, that makes sense. But I would imagine that it might upset some fans who tried and failed to get tickets originally, but would also then please the folks who didn't attempt to get tickets the first time around for whatever reason. And then they want to get tickets this time, but you know, they didn't submit originally in October. That's one of the things with the Springsteen one. If you didn't submit that first time around, you haven't been able to resubmit for these extensions going all the way through June. So the pre-sale registration period for this February release will be announced soon. They say James thoughts on this. How are you feeling? You're okay. You got a blankie or something you need to hold on to. Well, everything you just explained came in an email from Ticketmaster um, mm -hmm. uh, about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And on the bottom it says, and no, you still can't buy Springsteen tickets. <laughs> yeah, very, very targeted messaging they have there with their evil They're ads. Very, I'm pretty sure that somebody's effing with me there. Yeah. 
just you. I, I, I because I, I know other people that are part of this, 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 this verified fan thing, and they do not get, they do not get email updates every day telling them that they can't. I think somebody over Ticketmaster listens to this show. Maybe, or, <laughs> or maybe you did something silly and got got like a bot farm to uh, submit your email, and it's actually just you getting emails to all of the different bots that you submitted. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense huh? I don't know what you know I don't even know what a bot is forget about that so uh, yeah that's uh, something we should check so uh, yeah I think the Harry Potter thing is uh, uh, it's going to be uh, it, it, it's going to give us Big a lot of news deal. to talk about in, uh, in in March I think I think so too I think so. So, uh, in the show and casting news, uh, do you, do we have any updates on Harry Potter? No, nothing on Harry Potter yet. I'm sure, like, we've had Hamill sections. We'll have Harry sections mm. at some point. But until then, we have two quick off-Broadway things. First, on Wednesday, MCC Theater announced that Tony nominee Pascal Armand, Molly Camp, and Emmy nominee Richard Masser will be joining Tony winner Jane Howdy Shell in the world premiere of Jay Lee's new play, Relevance. As we discussed when Howdy Shell was announced, the show will be directed by Liesl Tommy and will begin performances on February 1st at the Lucille Lortel Theater ahead of a February 20th opening. In the show, Howdy Shell's character, Teresa Hannock, is a celebrated author author and veteran feminist warrior. Uh, I'm going to screw this one up again. Uh, Missy Mag uh, Ukwele. Okay. Uh, is the character played by Armand is a promising young writer who is quickly becoming the leading cultural critic on race, class, and gender for a new generation. When a heated exchange between the two women goes viral, listen to this wording here, James, Teresa finds herself ill-equipped to manage her, me- uh, her message in the social media era, especially against a rival whose time may have come. Now, James, if you remember when the last time came around that I read this description, they didn't say social media era. They said the era of 140 characters. I told you they'd have to do some rewriting on this one with the change to 280 characters. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that's fun. And then in other news on Wednesday, it was announced that 59 East 59th Theaters will be presenting the New York premiere of James Anthony Tyler's play Some Old Black Man, produced by Berkshire Playwrights Lab and directed by Joe Kosicki. Tony winner Wendell Pierce and Tony winner Roger Robinson will star in the show that is described thusly. College professor Calvin Jones, played by Pierce, moves his 82-year-old father. Father Donald, played by Robinson, an ailing but doggedly independent blue-collar Southern farmer from Greenwald, Mississippi, into his Harlem penthouse. An argument over what to eat for breakfast turns into a generational class or clash over race, opportunity, and a decision that Calvin made years ago. Both of these actors are incredible. Um, Wendell Pierce, you might know from The Wire. Um, currently, you can see um, Robinson recurring on uh, How to Get Away uh, with Murder as Viola Davis's father. Uh, but this should be a special one. Pierce won a Tony not for acting, actually, as a, but he won it for being a producer in 2012 for Clybourne Park. And Robinson won his Tony for acting for Joe Turner's Come and Gone. All right. So uh, next up in the news, Andrew Lloyd Webber slams lack of diversity in London theater. And does he ever? James, we've talked about this before, uh, but the right honorable Lord Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber yesterday introduced findings from a recent study of diversity in the British theater that he and his foundation commissioned and then slammed it 
with uh, the quote, hideously white demographics of workers both on stage and off. Labeling diversity as crucial to the future of British theater, Lloyd Webber warns, quote, I passionately believe that the stage needs to reflect the diversity of the UK population or it risks becoming sidelined. ALW's remarks were part of the introduction to his foundation's study, which finds that odds are, quote, stacked against minorities in a profession where the default lead is white, unless specifically written for a black or Asian actor, leaving many actors to uh, many actors of color relegated to, quote, secondary roles as hoods, hoodlums, and hookers. Well written there, I guess. Uh, The report calls for changes which would foster, quote, a more culturally diverse workforce, including a colorblind casting and more productions of plays by writers of color. Weber also urges drama programs, universities and schools, to make half of all available slots accessible to students of low income brackets and for funding organizations to offer financial aid to artists of color. Now, look. The cynical side of me would ask if there had ever been a study commissioned about the racial cast and crew makeup of shows written and or produced by Lloyd Webber to see how they stack up. I don't know that they would do super well, uh, but it's the holidays, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go down that route, James and, and Daniela. Instead, I'm just going to applaud his attention to this vital issue and hope that he is able to motivate the changes that he is suggesting on both sides of the pond. I was listening to a podcast uh, uh, this morning uh, the uh, today on Broadway, uh, that you, you that you did. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone uh, listened. Yeah, you, uh, me, and your mom talked about it over coffee. Uh, and she and, doesn't listen. Yeah, and so uh, John Legend, do we? Th- and Jesus Christ Superstar in the title mm-hmm. role, and you talked about how uh, that's a, a little bit groundbreaking. Do we think Andrew Lloyd Webber had anything to do with uh, oh, the yes. casting of John Legend I- in that? I'm, I'm sure he did. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sir Tim Rice are uh, executive producers on uh, Jesus Christ Superstar Live, the concert exclamation point. Um, so I'm sure that they had um, you know, a lot to do with that decision. And, uh, and of course, you know, I I say that about Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows, knowing that he's been doing shows, both things that he's written and he's produced other shows um, that he didn't write for decades. Um, and currently, you know, we have. Um, Ali Ewald playing Christine on Broadway. She's an Asian American. We've recently had Norm Lewis as the Phantom. So he has done some things. But when you look at the majority of his shows, we haven't seen a lot of these things that he's suggesting. And to quote, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, I'm starting with the man in the mirror is probably the best way to go here. Um, it wouldn't be bad to see a Dewey Finn that was not a white guy. Hmm. <sighs> so, uh, uh, you know, I, beautiful game. Some of the lesser known uh, Angela Lloyd Webber works. Um, I, I think uh, 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 have already struck out, and uh, struck out by, not struck out in the negative sense, but yes. they <laughs> they have succeeded in casting people of color in in some of those other shows. But uh, certainly, there's a lot. A lot that everybody can do, and I'm glad to see that Andrew Lloyd Webber is taking such a strong stance on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, critics weigh in on The Greatest Showman. Yeah. So yesterday, I on that episode that James and not my mother listened to, um, I gave you a rundown on my thoughts of The Greatest Showman. If you want to read my full review, um, it was in the show notes from yesterday, and it's on Broadway World if you want to find it. Um, but I mentioned that I thought that I might be in the minority 
But to my surprise, a lot of critics felt similarly to me that The Greatest Showman wasn't really a very well made movie, but there was still something charming or even powerful about it. Now, Jason Zinneman from The New York Times was pretty much in line with what I thought everyone would be saying. He wrote, quote, The Greatest Showman, a montage sequence that occasionally turns into a movie musical, steers clear of any contemporary resonance and ignores meaty themes. The first time director Michael Gracie achieves an aggressively synthetic style through kinetic editing and tidy underdog stories, but none of the true joy of pulling a fast one. It's a standard issue holiday biopic. Now, That's what I thought of most people would say. But some of these other big reviews kind of felt like I did. Richard Lawson of Vanity Fair said, quote, if you start your big uh, musical movie with a song called The Greatest Show, you're getting you're setting up some pretty big expectations. One could almost call it hubris, though that word suggests a kind of agro arrogance. The Greatest Showman, the new movie musical which houses The Greatest Show, is slightly more humble than that. The film may be a vessel for some noxious platitudinous cynicism, but there's nevertheless something still quaint about it. It mostly just wants you to have a nice time, it insists, to feel cheered and uplifted as a big lumbering elephant carries you off a cliff. I get, yeah, I get that. Um, uh, Owen Gleiberman from Variety uh, also kind of agrees with me and, and said, quote, how piously anach- anachronistic is that? Very. Yet the greatest showman wants to give you a splashy good time and does. And it's got something that takes you by surprise, a genuine romantic spirit. The numbers are shot like electromagnetic dance pop music videos. And to say that they sizzle with energy wouldn't do them justice. They're like a hypodermic shot of joy to the heart. Now, that is I couldn't have said it better myself. In fact, I didn't say it better than myself in my review. It is. It just has this infectious energy and this heart that makes you happy and makes you feel things. It's not very good. It's not very well written. The score is not great. Um, and the performances are either really good or kind of flat. Um, but I still love it. I, I, I'm going to see it again, maybe this weekend, but, um, I encourage people to see it. Um, there's so many theater people in it too. It'd also be a good thing to just be able to say that you saw Daniela. Is this one that interests you, uh, in the least? Yeah, actually, um, I'm I'm not very good at keeping up with movies at all, but I will definitely be seeing this one. All right. Well, let us know what you think, <laughs> and I hope that I'm not the only one that doesn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Laura said something about going to see it without me. So, <laughs> your wife's a big Hugh fan, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. All, all right. right. Oh, ooh, ooh. It's the most. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that in the script. Uh, <sighs> All right, uh, Mamma Mia two to release a trailer today. Yeah. So yesterday, Mamma Mia two, here we go again. Released a little teaser trailer that had some behind the scenes stuff, and that was in anticipation for their full trailer being released tomorrow. By the time this episode comes out, it might already have been released. I'm not sure exactly on a time, Um, but uh, it was really cool to kind of see some of the behind the scenes stuff. Really great cast. I never saw the first movie. I've never seen the stage show, Um, but it's a really cool cast other than um, uh, Jessica Keenan wins wig. Not a great wig, Um, but other way. Otherwise, it looks like a lot of fun. The movie's going to be coming out on July 20th of this summer. So uh, if you want to see the the trailer for the, the full trailer, Check out 
everywhere tomorrow or today. And uh, in the meantime, we will have a link to the teaser trailer that's introduced by Lily James, Jessica Keenan Wynn, and Alexa Davies in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Okay, so Daniela, you have a theater throwback for us? I do. Uh, so today's throwback is pretty short, but it's fun. I have a ghost story. So, so, <laughs> so to set the stage, we are going all the way back to December 21st, 1909 at the Lyric Theater. This was the opening night of The City, which was a new play by Clyde Fitch. Clyde Fitch was one of the most popular playwrights Clyde Fitch was one of the most popular playwrights of his time. At one point, he had five plays running on Broadway at the same time. So this opening night was a pretty big event, and people were very excited to see his new play. Sadly, though, it would be his last new play, because in September of 1909, he died from blood poisoning. I think you can see kind of where this is going. So opening night came a few months later, even though Fitch could not be wholly in attendance. The show went very well. Both audiences and critics loved the play, and they were shocked because this was the first time that an expletive was uttered on a Broadway stage. It was very scandalous. Which, which, but, which, which expletive was that, Daniela? Goddamn. <gasps> Well, I mean, you could have warned me. Jeez. I'm sorry. (laughs) Trigger warning, trigger warning. (laughs) Okay. But, okay, so the biggest shock came later in the night when the cast was taking their final bows. Rumor has it that during the curtain call, none other than the playwright, Clyde Fitch, joined the cast on stage. People gasped, screamed, and even fainted into the aisles as the dead playwright (laughs) strode downstage, took a bow, and walked back into the wings. So... Did this actually happen? I don't know. I wasn't there. But everything <laughs> I've read <laughs> everything I've read has mentioned women, plural, and audience members, also plural. So this isn't just like one guy claiming he saw a ghost to start something. Uh, but none of you Harry Potter fans need to worry. According to reports, this was a one-time occurrence and Clyde Fitch never came back to haunt the house. Also, that lyric theater was demolished and rebuilt in the late yeah. 90s. And I don't know much about ghosts, so but maybe that got rid of whatever might have remained of his spirit. Where's ghost hunters when you need it? I'm telling <laughs> you, this is OK. I, I, I'm, I'm officially trademarking this. If anybody steals this, I'm going to be mad. But one of my James, you know, I've wanted to do some sort of narrative fiction, uh, serialized podcast on Broadway radio for a while. And I have two main ideas and one of them is the ghosts something has to do with the ghosts of broadway so if anyone steals that and does it first you owe me like huge royalties but oh well that's awesome and you know what's weird about this is you talk about clyde fitch being being a ghost i still follow him on twitter james (laughs) (laughs) wait is that Uh, something different uh uh no no that's it uh (laughs) You know, uh, my very good friend Leonard Jacobs um, runs the Clyde Fitch Report, which is a website. Ah, that's what it is. Yeah. Which is a website on uh, at the ClydeFitchReport dot com or Clyde Fitch Report, not the Clyde Fitch Report, um, which is which Leonard uh, bills as the it's long form writing about the uh, connection between politics and theater. It's really, really interesting. Leonard's doing a great job with it. Uh, I, I love it. So check out the Clyde Fitch Report as well. And uh, Leonard's been a big proponent of Clyde Fitch for many, many, many years. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, that's very cool. Okay, great job, Daniela. And uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? 
All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Daniela, where can we find you? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Forgot that. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Daniela Parcel and on Instagram at Daniela Parcel OL. That's the, uh, the, the <laughs> traditional spelling of it, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, spending some of your Thursday with us. Matt and I will be back to wrap up the week with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.